Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of the Hobbies and Happiness Podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today we're talking with the Lord of the Board himself, Sam Smith. All right. We are uh, we're having another conversation with uh, some friends. Today we are talking to, like Jim said, the Lord of the Board himself, Mr. Sam Smith. Um, I came across his content um, about a year year or so ago, um, do, looking up some villainous stuff. So um, ever since I saw his content um, and we started doing Hobbies and Happies, I'm like, man, we're doing all this villain stuff. We have got <laughs> to talk to uh, – we've got to talk to Sam. And uh, so we we sit down with him. Um, Sam is uh, – like like we said, he runs the YouTube channel, Lord of the Board. Um a great, fantastic conversation. Honestly, we can't wait for you guys to listen to. So without any further ado, we'll get right into it. All right. So today we are joined by Mr. Sam Smith. Sam runs the YouTube channel, The Lord of the Board. Sam, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys? You know, it's Monday. It is <laughs> yes. Monday. So um, I'm always like every Monday, I'm like, all right, guys, let's go. We're going to crush it this week. Let's have a great week. And then I come home from work and I'm just like... Dang it, Monday. <laughs> you kicked yep. me in the butt again. <laughs> I appreciate that so much because I have like the type that's just like, oh man, Monday is like three coffee day for me mm-hmm. and like take a nap day for me. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, just Mondays are not good. <laughs> not, not good for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Sam, before, before we get into it here, um, I'm, I'm, I've always been very curious where, where did you come up with the name, the Lord of the board? Did you just, uh, did it just sound cool or did, did you have a, like a specific inspiration or where'd, where'd you get that name? Yeah. So it's kind of sad because there is actually another Lord of the board. Um, uh, it's like a backgammon tournament scene, I guess. And I actually oh. had no idea that the backgammon had already taken that because when I was doing Google searches, apparently my Google search is just like terrible. Cause I never found <laughs> that. I found that after the fact. So originally I was thinking, Oh, I am so original right now. Um, but the thinking actually came from my love for the Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh. I don't really know why, but I was just like the Lord of the Rings, hmm. the Lord of the board. Hmm. And originally the logo, <laughs> uh, actually had a very like Lord of the Rings style to it. I actually did the same kind of font style. It was like on the shield. So uh-huh. it was very like Lord of the Rings inspired. I love yeah. Lord of the Rings. So cool. yeah, I, I, uh, I think I, I saw your evolution of your, uh, of your logo and it looked, uh, did you do all of that yourself? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All of the graphics and everything that you see is all done by me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, 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 uh, I, I am always interested by, um, like logos, brand designs and like the evolution of mm-hmm. said, of said brands. Um, because I feel like, like when, like when we started out where, you know, we never really thought about like where we're going to go from here. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, we love it. It looks cool. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's like human nature to yeah. like, you know, want to always get, and I don't want to say like get better because that would kind of imply what you did was bad, mm-hmm. but it's just like the evolution <laughs> a little bit is, it's always very intriguing. Yeah. So. Um, totally understand that. Yeah. yeah. Like when I, when I originally designed the logo, I was just thinking like, what do I want the branding to look like? And it was like board games, strategy content. I love medieval stuff and fantasy. So it was like shield, swords, dice, pawns. Mm-hmm. And then I just started from there mm-hmm. and it kind of stuck around in that same vein. So. So, so we, we, we talked about, we talked a little bit about this before we kind of started here, but you've been doing YouTube about two years or so now. Is that correct? 
Yeah, two years. I'm not like counting, but I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's like two years and some. Okay. Um. So I started in April. Yeah, yeah. So it will be three years this April, actually. Oh, nice. oh wow. So that's wow. actually two years and and a and quite a bit. Yeah. So so what what made you want to start this YouTube journey? Um, like, was there a specific thing that you weren't seeing or kind of what was that trigger for you that made you want to start doing YouTube? Yeah, I had a very, very specific moment. It was, I was playing Root with my wife, uh, Root, you know, if you don't know what that board game is, it's a great board <laughs> game, go check it out. But I was playing that with my wife and we were all chilling and, uh, I was like, man, I really suck at these darn cats. It's just like terrible at them. And I went onto YouTube and was like, Hey, strategy guides on YouTube for root. This should be a thing, right? Nothing. So I come from an wow. RTS background. Like I play a lot of video games, RTS yes. stuff, like asymmetrical factions. Yes. All right. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So Age of Empires, Starcraft and all that. I would go online and I would be able to just look up strategy guides, build orders, all that <laughs> stuff and figure out what's going on with this asymmetric faction right here. Cause I don't understand it. And since I couldn't find anything like that on this board game, I was like, okay, what the, this is like my, my goal now is to like, fulfill this need in the board game community and do strategy guides for this game. Mm -hmm. So my original videos were done in the shadiest area with a phone <laughs> and I filmed, edited, did all of it on an iPhone X. Uh, and I was just, I, I played the heck out of root just to give some beginner tips on each <laughs> of the base games factions. And that's how the channel started. Isn't it amazing what you can do with your phone now? Yeah. Like it's it's crazy that there are people who like run their entire channels just off of just off of this thing right here. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I know the editing was insane though. It was like, oh my gosh, oh, it's yeah. so small. <laughs> yes. And I, I yes. had the small, like it was the iPhone X. You didn't yes. have like the X Max now. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a bigger size. It was this small yeah. size. And it was like, dude, moving those little uh picture frames and like cutting, cutting little images. And I did a lot of like animations in those first videos because mm -hmm. my thinking was I need to do something that's going to be different than what anybody else has done before. And like mm -hmm. no board game content had animations. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me try some animations and see if that catches anybody's attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I, yeah. I, I, I think you did. <laughs> it's, it, it seems it, like it, you, it seems like you did. <laughs> it, it definitely worked. It definitely worked. I feel fortunate every single day when I look at like my channel. And even though those early videos are really cringy to me, I am so fortunate at the like, because Honestly, there's channels that have been around for, you know, seven years and mm -hmm. they don't even have a thousand subscribers or get, you know, more than 38 views or something yeah. like I'm so blessed. Like this is not something that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just did it so well. Like I, I every single day I wake up and I'm like, thank the Lord that worked because mm -hmm. I yeah. had no idea. It would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, OK, so so I'm, I'm glad you brought up Root because uh, that, answered one of our questions. That's, you answered one of the questions. <laughs> oh, OK, <laughs> what you got? You have to tell you got to tell us here what. What is your uh, okay? What is your obsession with Root here, man? <laughs> I know you love the game. Now, granted, also, also take that from someone who has yet to play the game. I've yet to play Root. I, I think the game's great. Uh, yes, it is. Oh, perfect! It is sitting on my shelf right yeah. over there. So I've got it. I'm we, gonna play it at some. We point. also have it on Steam, so yeah. we're planning <laughs> yeah. on playing it there as yeah. well. Yes. Wow, yes. you guys have all the opportunity yes, to play it. Correct. Right now. I was correct. playing it the me? other day as well. I was telling you Dan are, yeah. about it. And I'm like, yeah, this game's really good. Yeah. So, so, it's so good. You, 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 you continually and you like always gush over the game. So, you, you, you got to tell me, 
What's up? Like, let, let, let me in on it. Like, what's what's your thing with Root and why is it such a good game and why should I play it? Well, first of all, um, <clears throat> Dan, you should watch my video <laughs> of uh, 10 reasons why Root is my favorite game of all time. We will, we, we will link that right here. He just here. points to the top corner. Yeah, we're going to link that right here. <laughs> right watch that here. video. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you haven't watched that video, obviously, you know, I'll give you some reasons. So. Uh, this game is like it. I really love this game. I got a freaking tattoo on this game. Holy like that's cow. the that's the level that we're at with this game right now. Dude, that's and I think it's because it blends everything that I loved about video games mm. and everything that I love about board games, or at least the types of video games that I enjoy. Um, and it, it kind of blended those two things perfectly for me. Um and it painted it in like the most beautiful theme ever. So Rue is essentially an asymmetric war game. RTS games like Age of Empires 2, Starcraft 2, those are asymmetric war games. You're building up your civilization, you're building up an army, and you're going out and attacking your opponents. Before Rue, I had never experienced a game that gave me that kind of feeling of ownership of my own faction where I was like, oh, wow, I am the eerie right now. I am now placing down these bird roosts and I will score like you know, kind of consecutively, whereas you're playing the Marquise de Cat and you're like the Terran from, from Starcraft two, you're building just individual buildings and each one will score you points. And the more you build of one thing, the better they are. It's like, Oh my gosh, I build more recruiters. And then when I recruit, I get more cats. It's <laughs> like the RTS game. When you build more barracks, you can queue more guys. I was just like, I'm, I was blown away by all of these similarities from my favorite genre of video game in a board game and at the same time it was so clear like the graphic design in this game is the most like every single game should do this the the turn structure is the same for every player so there's like a bird song daylight and evening phase and so even if you're playing a different faction you know what to do. You have to start at Birdsong, you go down the list, and then you go to Daylight, you go down the list, and then you go to Evening, and you go down the list. And what is a very complex game with so many different insane interactions now becomes something where like, oh, I know what I have to do on my turn. Birdsong, Daylight, Evening. And because of that, I do not think that Root is a hard game to teach. Even though a lot of people are like, it's impossible to teach, you can't teach this game. <laughs> Because of the way that they structure that, I just teach the golden rules and then I just walk through everybody's turns one by one, one time, and then they get it. It's like, it's so intuitive. Um, and on top of that, the the theme is amazing. Like, dude, animals fighting in a woodland, the <laughs> geopolitical themes. It's so much more than just like animals fighting in a woodland. You know, we've got so <laughs> many different, uh, you know, political schemes going on. You've got like the religious cult. Um, yeah. And every single one of them is different. So I think just... Man, it just oh my gosh, I could talk about that game forever. <laughs> so so who's your favorite one to play as? Uh so my favorite has I think always been the Woodland Alliance because they're like the rebellion faction. Uh, I feel like the I'm the Rebel one, Alliance correct. when I'm playing them. You know, Little you're kind mice. of planning out your supporters, yeah. you're spreading around sympathy in the woodland, you're gaining support, you know, kind of like shouting, like, come on, join my rebellion. And then you start exploding around the map with all these little revolutions and you're literally, you know, murdering entire clearings and then you're just dropping down bases. <laughs> you literally are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you literally are. Like the coolest part about it, though, is that there's so much theme in every single faction and sometimes it's so subtle, like. For the Woodland Alliance, you know how I was talking about the, the birdsong daylight evening? Well, most factions do their movements and battle in daylight. 
However, the Woodland Alliance only do it in evening. And that makes so much sense because they're like an operation. They're like a covert operation. So there's just like little things like that. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, that's like little thematic. Yeah. Nice. I was uh, I was telling Dan this story about I was playing Root on Steam. And it got to the point where the uh, the birds, I, the Eerie and the, the Rebellion people were tied. And I was playing the Vagabond. So I set <sighs> it up to where rather than me getting all the points to win, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to make it to where when blue or green wins, I can win as well. But I had to pick. Mm. I had to pick which one. And every there were so many games that I'm like, okay, I know the green, I know the little woodland rebellion is going to win because they always pull it out. It's like it's it's rough to beat them, honestly, Dan. It's rough. But I really wanted Erie to win. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna help them out as much as possible. We're gonna try. And then two turns later, the little rebellion guys won the game. I'm like, I, I could have won. Come on. I knew it. I knew it. Every everybody I I understand. Like the Woodland Alliance is like one of the two factions that's like harder to stop when you don't understand how yeah. to make it work because like your natural impulse would be to attack them, but that like, actually makes them it's stronger. Rough. Yeah. And it's so it's making their early game more expensive by essentially surrounding them with tons of units. That mm-hmm. way they have to pay extra support in order to spread out into those sympathies or in order to those clearings. So you have to make it really expensive for them to essentially do their revolution, which is completely thematic to the mm-hmm. game. It's just like everything works, you know? And correct me if I'm wrong, but when you attack them, I believe when both people roll the die, they get the higher of the two, correct? Yeah, they get the higher in defense mm-hmm. and in offense because it's yep. guerrilla warfare, you know, yeah. like the, the counterinsurgent faction kind of mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. Fighting yeah, they're, they're, they they uh, they have some benefits, but they only have ten warriors, whereas most <laughs> factions have like twenty. You know, yeah. so yeah, they're a bit doubled there. Mm-hmm. That this, doesn't matter. This this sounds awesome. Like I I love um, RTS games. Yeah. So like, and then oh oh man, the expansion. You will love it. The expansion when it comes out with the otters. <laughs> I love the otters so much. So they uh, inside the board, there's a river as well. So they're pretty much just along the river. And uh-huh. you can sell people like uh, transport through the river. Uh-huh. You can sell people like merch, uh, not merchants, mercenaries as well. Okay. Right. And you just, you're, you're pretty much the merchant otters giving people stuff. And then you're just earning more and more. Well, Do you I'm, want to hear the darkest secret about those adorable otters though? The fact that they take payment from other factions by taking their warrior yep. meeples into their funds box. Yeah. I think there's a little animal trafficking going on <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> it's like, here, I'll give you three cats as long as I can use your boats this turn. It's like, okay, I'll take the three cats. It's like, oh, wow, that was a really dark trade. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love them, but man, probably not a good, probably not a good cause. <laughs> I, 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 I do have to say, I love the artwork. The artwork looks really cool. Yes. That's, that was that's, another thing is like Kyle Farron has an amazingly storybook, uh, very like heavy theme art mm-hmm. style. Like it doesn't look like it was game concept art. It looks mm-hmm. like it's a it's a kid's book or a like, you know, a, an actual book's artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I love that style. I yeah, I, he, I believe they he did the same um, art for Fort. The same, mm-hmm. um, and that's that was another that's another fun game. I think Fort was like the first time I really saw the artwork, and I'm like, oh, this is really neat. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, um, 
Um, I think I need to play some root. Yeah. The f- you the first? really need to play some root. And it's so funny because, like, dude, people will like, oh, my gosh, I love it. Some of the criticism. Yeah, we are now recording. Love the game so much. Whenever people are, like, criticizing it, it's so silly because I'm like, oh, that is actually why I love that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, people hate it because, like, you know, somebody could literally end the game at, like, 10 points and another player could be winning the game at 30 but I love that because it's like, dude, if you come from an RTS background, there's yep. people that are better at the game that will just wipe the floor <laughs> and, yep. and you will feel that pain. Yep. <laughs> I like that they give players that option to like actually be good at the game. Like you can practice this game yeah. and get better yep. and then you can learn the social politics of your situation and be mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a lot more negotiation that I have to get better at. Maybe I'm good at the game on the board, but then there's this whole head game of politics mm-hmm. that you're going to have to be like good at making deals, good at making sure that, you know, you're not the the strong one at the table. Mm-hmm. So there's just, there's so much strategy. Oh my goodness. There's the, the politics game is one of my favorite mm-hmm. games to play in, in like literally every game. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. Yeah. Po- the politics <laughs> game. And, and honestly, none so more than in commander. Yeah. That's, that's like my favorite part of, of commander is, is the politics. Um, so, um, all right. So th- the, the, the way that I stumbled onto your content was through villainous, um, mm. so how did you get started into that game? Because I mean, I think for a lot of people that follow you, um, they probably either know you through, um, root or through villainous. Um, so how did you get started into villainous? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, because it's so funny. Like some people, another one of the common things that I get is like, wow, you love really strategic games root. Wow. That's awesome. Then the next game you cover is villainous. Like what the frick? <laughs> it was like, I was like, wow, geez, that's really rude. <laughs> but, um, so, so villainous ended up getting to me because, um, I watched a gameplay of it. I think it was Geek and Sundry that did a video uh-huh. of it. Yep. Game the Game with Becca Scott. Uh-huh. And I watched that video and I was like, okay, asymmetric um, goals was mm-hmm. the first thing that kind of got me interested. Mm-hmm. But also me and my wife are super obsessed with Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, ooh, this would be like the perfect board game uh, that I know that she would love. And I just bought the base set sat it down with my me and my friends we played it and i was so surprised that by the end of the game even though we had completely different goals throughout the game we were all like one turn away mm-hmm. from winning it was like super balanced i was like how the mm-hmm. heck can this be? And then I was like, okay, so where root is like super asymmetrical, super like a little bit of a, you know, it's a lot to kind of grasp and, and get a hold of. Villainous is pretty darn simple at the end of the day. Like it's a pretty easy game to teach as opposed to root, I would say. But it has like the same kind of principle of like asymmetric game design always interests me. And now like villainous to me is like the staple of an entry into asymmetric game design like for mm-hmm. for board games still i'm not i'm not gonna get into like tcg stuff but mm-hmm. like because villainous it still is just like a board game to me like but like mm-hmm. that game is perfect and i feel like a lot of other games need to take some of those concepts of how they were able to take such simple mechanics and yet still give very very different outcomes for player positions like how mm-hmm. the, <laughs> i still boggles my mind sometimes mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, so it, it's funny you say uh, the fact about uh, you were all like one turn away from from winning. That was one of the things that I mm. was when I first started playing this game that I was really blown away by in multiplayer matches. I I always found it to be everybody at the table was so close to winning. I'm like, how how is that even possible? <laughs> And then, yeah. I, and then I sat down and play 1v1, and then that's just a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. Completely different game. Yeah. So I know. Uh, nobody, ever, nobody ever asks me what my opinion is on that, too. Because it's like, I think a lot of people assume that because I'm making videos of strategy guides for the game that I was making it exclusively for 1v1. And a lot of people, I would get so many comments early on, like, oh, this would actually never work. Oh, this actually isn't a good strategy. Oh, no, no, this never would work. And I'm like, wait, do you just play 1v1? Question mark? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah, exclusively 1v1. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course that wouldn't work. Right. <laughs> the game is so like limited in some mm-hmm. ways for some villains at 1v1 because mm-hmm. you get faded freaking like seven times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your board is already like limited by just spaces you can move. Mm -hmm. So I I made the strategy videos as like a general strategy guide of like how this character Mm -hmm. works, what each card can do. You could take these, but they're not guaranteed to work in all player accounts. Yeah, I I, I feel like Villainous is the perfect perfect case study of a game that when played in multiplayer – looks so much different than when it's played in 1v1. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes. and, and I feel like a lot of people, they look at a game, again, like Villainous, for instance, and they and they completely f- don't even think about that as, as a fact. They're just like, oh, it's it's Villainous and this is how it is. Well, it's it's kind of not because really it's it's really like two completely different and separate games. When I sit down in a 1v1, I'm going to play it and I, it's going to be a completely different experience than, than it is when I'm sitting down for a multiplayer game. Um, and I think, I think you have to understand that and realize that in, mm-hmm. in when you go into it. Um, like for the longest, for the longest time, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's, that's hard to do when it's, um, when it's a game or like anything that you enjoy, like that you really love to do. It's kind of hard to make a realization like that, I feel like. I mean, like, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, like, I don't know. Because, like, for me, like, some people genuinely do enjoy the 1v1 experience. Mm -hmm. Like, and and I respect that. Like, if you enjoy that experience, I respect that. For me, I enjoy the 1v1 experience, like half the time because it is so heavily dependent on what villains I'm playing. Mm, I think even in like the competitive villainous community, they actually do like multiple matches, which immediately makes sense because you'd be like, there are some matches that are very heavily favored by one villain than the other. Mm -hmm. So you'd, you'd want to do multiple matches because that just wouldn't be fair. Mm -hmm. So like one V one, I don't. Oh, and also uh, competitive Disney villainous. It, it doesn't have to mean like you're like so competitive that like there's no other way to play this game. Like I play the game competitively, I would say, but I'm not like a hardcore competitive Disney villainous player. I, I guess if that makes sense, mm-hmm. I, I find myself to be very much like a casual player who likes to be good at it. If that, yeah, if that if that yeah. adds up. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just like to have fun at the end of the day right. too. So right. I'm not like out here trying to just, you know, scourge my opponent 
every turn and 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 mm-hmm. win. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I don't know. That's I, not the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the goal. That yeah. is the goal. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, right. Right. And one v one, I like. I actually start feeling bad is the thing is like oh well if i go here i get another fade action (laughs) i might as well let's just face you again (laughs) let's just keep going you know but like at group games i'm like okay i have the puzzle of who should i fate what are their current positions in the game oh they're about 25 percent to their goal no need 75 percent to their goal fate them you know and that is so much more interesting negotiation wise for me like Mm -hmm. that puzzle instead of just like i'm gonna fate you i'm gonna fate you i'm gonna fate you i'm gonna fate you i've already covered all the spots (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know it's like okay well i've run out of fun fading now Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah i think like i think we just talked about that um topic like fun is subjective and i think it was our last episode um but i i think a lot of people just realize that like what's fun for you may not be fun for somebody else mm-hmm. and that's fine um but i i also i also look at villainous and i'm like it's it's hard when um like we're like we're competitive and strategic players like we're, we always mm-hmm. gravitate towards games that are more uh that are more strategic and competitive in nature than a game that isn't yeah. and so um i feel like villainous is a game that wasn't designed for that super competitive player type in mind. Um, and like, and that's fine. Mm. So, but I, I, I do feel like it was designed more as a casual family experience, kitchen table. Hey, let's get everybody together and sit down and play. Um, so when you have strategic and competitive players like us sit down and play it, we come, we, we approach the game from a completely different mindset and then there's that, and there's multiple times where I've played it, and you'll probably see this soon, <laughs> where like <laughs> where like I'm I'm frustrated and upset because I am not advancing towards my goal, yeah. like I am not winning, and I'm just getting shut down, I advance and shut right. down, advance and shut down again, and then like that's not fun because again I'm my mindset is I'm trying to win. And mm-hmm. it's not that, I, and it's not that I'm not trying to have a good time, but I'm trying to win, and that's like the main goal. Yeah. So, um, like for me, once once I after that game, I'm like, you know what? I don't really think that this was designed for this <laughs> type of play. I think if I just adjust my mindset of how how I'm approaching this game, and then just really just relax and just mm-hmm. really enjoy the theme, because my favorite part about this game about villainous is the theming i feel like they yes. get they get all these villains on point you mentioned that about yeah. a radigan right yeah we, we after watching the movie i'm like holy cow this is amazing <laughs> yeah the detail is yes insane. yes i we sat down and we played and you he had never seen the great mouse detective yeah so after the game we sat down we watched the movie and he was like okay yeah all of that makes so much <laughs> sense now so like it's it's totally. very cool. Um, like it. Did you have to come? Did you have to? Because like you you just spoke about uh, being a very strategic player, talking about RTS games. Did you have to adjust your mindset a little bit when you were playing Villainous, or kind of how did you how did you come to a realization like this? Yeah. So so that's that's exactly it. I, I think it's pretty much the same kind of thing that that you were kind of going through there. Because like for me, Villainous was designed so much with. 
it's not necessarily that all these villains were designed to be, I mean, sure they were designed to be balanced as much as they can be, mm-hmm. but you know, asymmetric design can only be balanced to a certain extent. Anyways, there's mm-hmm. never going to be pure balance, but um, like it was so much more designed to, when you play this character, do you feel like you're playing this villain? Like, mm-hmm. do I feel like I can get in the mindset of yeah. Maleficent or uh, Prince John just gaining power? I feel like it was designed with, you know, you're sitting at the at the table and you're becoming these villains for one night. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the the core premise of this game. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so funny. Like people will be like, "Why on earth would they put uh, there's there's the four dozen eggs or, or five dozen eggs card for mm-hmm. Gaston's deck that's yeah. it's cost four power, and people were like, "This is the worst card in the game. I'll never use it. <laughs> this this is a, a bad game design. Why is this in the deck?" And I'm like, "Okay, look, when when Gaston was was young, he had four dozen." and eggs every yes. morning to help him grow large <laughs> right, okay right. you know like it's not always about the 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 like strategy that the character can provide it's sometimes just about how much we love disney and why it's great and all the inside jokes and the easter eggs that you can find mm-hmm. in these decks so the question what does the card even do the four dozen it, it actually it, I have no it, idea. Uh, it gets plus two strength to uh to the uh, oh, ally attached to. okay all right yeah that, that makes sense yeah <laughs> right 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 it, it, it's completely thematic to gaston but also it is a really i think it's a fun punishment because like if you didn't position your allies well you should pay the four power to, to make sure that you could actually have enough strength to defeat the ally because yeah. he can't move any of his allies. So yeah. if you make mistakes, you should get a little punished and have to pay that amount to get the thing <laughs> removed. So I thought it was kind of cool anyways. But yeah, you know, people people try to, you know, jump on my fun all the time. They're like, <laughs> not a strategic card. Oh, my gosh. Why would you ever put that in there? Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. Um, so... The first time I played Gaston, I, I mean, I was singing his song like so many times, like four dozen eggs. I say the card, I'm like humming <laughs> it to myself. <laughs> so, yes, like, but, same. That, but that's like, that's my favorite part of the game. The first time I sat down and played, I played Jafar. Aladdin was my mm. favorite movie when I was a kid. So my parents will attest to that. So when we got, when we got the game. I pulled it out. I'm like, they got Jafar. I, I claim Jafar. No one else is playing Jafar. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. And so I remember sitting down and I'm and I'm going through it. I'm like, holy cow. I'm like literally playing through this movie mm-hmm. right now that I loved when I was a kid. I still do. And <laughs> I'm just like, this is just so cool. It's it's so cool, right? And so it like it bummed me out when like when I just wasn't having that fun of a time with the game. And I'm like, Maybe I'll, I just need to play this just in a more casual <laughs> setting, in a more casual environment. And then also just understand and realize, Dan, the competitive Dan, this game was not made for the competitive <laughs> Dan. It wasn't. It was made. It was made for Dan and his wife and their friends to just sit down <laughs> and chill and have a good time. And then when I play in that scenario, it's fun. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. And, it's, right. and, and also, this is a, a game to where, like – if I wanted to, and people do, they take a game that is like they take a casual game and make it competitive, or they take a, ca- a competitive game and make it casual. Like that's that's something that's very interesting to see. So, yes. like like Villainous, I think Villainous is a good example of a a game that was designed to be casual. That you have a community that's made it into something that's more competitive. And then yes. if you if you look at Commander for Magic, like Magic is a game that was designed to be competitive, mm-hmm. right? And then the, the you have the Commander format, which is a much more casual format. 
it's so cool. And like, then people turn that format yeah, into competitive, <laughs> competitive format. Right, of, right, right, of yeah. course, yeah. as as always. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like, it's very interesting, and I I think it's cool that you can see these communities form around a game that they enjoy, um, yes. whether it be casual or, or competitive. Um, um, it's I I think it's a cool thing to see, but then at the same time, just like I mean, we're all humans, and human beings sometimes tend to do things that, you know, other human beings don't like, right? <laughs> so, like, that's the only thing that's, I mean, humans, as humans, we're just, we're not, you know, <laughs> I don't even know where I'm I going am, with that. <laughs> I understand where yeah. you're going with yeah. it, though. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's kind of like the way that I see it. It's like, I am so happy that this competitive villainous community started for, for this game. I think that's so cool. I love that. I love everything that they do. That's not the way that I enjoy Villainous. Mm-hmm. And I think that once people respect that of me, I am much more respectful of them in that way. It's like, dude, that's just not how my brain even thinks. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not out here trying to think of like the 60 different card interactions that <laughs> this uh, scimitar can do in Jafar's deck. Like, I'm not I'm not thinking like that. OK, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when I get questions like some of these, I'm just like, I don't even want to think like that. Like, yeah. why are you trying to take away the magic of this game for me? Like, yeah. that's not how I play this game. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I like to play. Here's the thing. I did make strategy guides. So obviously I have it somewhere in me. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that when I first started making these strategy guides, I definitely was more in the mind of like, this game is super competitive. Like I can, I can do this. You can kind of get there. And then I think I just started slowly drifting away from that. But I found mm-hmm. that these videos provided yeah. so much value still to the casual gamer that comes in and actually doesn't understand how the villain works. A lot of people use my videos just to learn how the villain works, not mm-hmm. necessarily to get better at them, Yeah, which is why I do like a little teaching segment of like, oh, this is how the character works. Here's my little like mini strategy tip about something that you could do with it if you want to think a little bit more strategically. And I do that with every single card now Mm. and it's just become a thing like where if i miss a card people will literally know and so i have to do every card now it's it's (laughs) kind of fun Mm -hmm. but yeah i I give like little strategy tips all throughout the video and then i hope that by the end of that video you go into your first couple games having an idea of what to do with these villains you don't Mm -hmm. have to be a professional but you can enjoy playing them and 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 feel like you're at least doing well yeah the 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 final thing that i will all say about villainous is the one thing that i finally realized is you <laughs> you have to read these villain guides so yes so, it helps so so as card game players and i'm Thank I'm, you. I'm curious i'm curious as to your opinion on this because mm-hmm. when i when i first got into this game um i honestly i fully expected to be able to just read the cards and then really understand how everything worked and really kind of know what to do because I mean we're we're card game players at heart right so that's where where our mindset really comes from and right. then also with villainous villainous was like the first game that kind of really got me into the tabletop hobby so before that I wasn't really into go to BGG go to the internet figure out what you know all these interactions do my mind was well I should I should be able to open the box and then figure out from there what everything does Right. I, wa- I wasn't able to. So for a little bit, I was a little upset because I'm like, dang it, I should be able to open this box and then be able to figure everything out on the one hand. And then also from as a card game player, we're like, you know, we're, we, we play magic. We play the oldest card game ever. Um, if we can read these cards, if we can understand magic cards, we can understand how these cards work. 
Right. I did not know how wrong I was. <laughs> but again, yeah, but, yeah. but but I will say now that I'm like, well, this really wasn't made for that type of audience. It was made more for the casual yep. player and the casual mm-hmm. family just to sit down and have a good time. Um, when I realized that, I'm like, okay, I, that makes more sense to me than why it's not making sense when I'm applying this type of logic to it. Um, so – yeah. They definitely try to keep the, the text wall down a little bit yeah. if they can. Like, yeah. dude, Magic the Gathering, great game. But boy, those the, the text walls on every card sometimes, it's like, oh, wow, every single card has quite a few <laughs> sentences to yeah. learn exactly how it works and all that stuff. And I love that sometimes. But it's like, these are these are very different games. Like, that's a mm-hmm. trading card game. I mm-hmm. come from background of playing Yu-Gi-Oh! So no. I, I also played Magic, about but to I was sell. much more of a Yu-Gi-Oh! player. I was so. about to say, if you think card wall or text walls on Magic's bad, Yu-Gi-Oh! is Yu-Gi-Oh! Rough. is insane. <laughs> they're, the, they're, the, they're like the king of text walls. Cards. I mean, everything has... Cards the normal are, cards are the easiest to understand. Yeah, There's, it's all flavor text <laughs> at that point. Uh, the card, yeah. so for like certain archetypes, right? Um, every card on it, like the entire first eighty percent of the cards, mm-hmm. are pretty much always the same, right? Ah. So a lot of the stuff could be like, mm-hmm. oh, get this effect when you have, you know, we'll call it spiritual knights, whatever it mm-hmm. is, and then be able right. to special summon. When this card is now special summoned, while well, you have a spiritual knight, and now it finally tells you what the effect is at the last yes. sentence of the card. <laughs> so many it's cards true. are like this. It's oh, it's man. terrible. Man. Yeah, and, Yu-Gi-Oh! It was a, here's the thing. Like That's why I'm saying it's like, man, those... That is a different type of game experience right there. And I mm-hmm. never saw like Villainous as that type of game experience. Mm-hmm. One, it's like it's it's more of like a living if if anything, it would be like a living card game because there's no real deck manipulation or anything. So mm-hmm. you just get your set character, you get your set deck, and that's mm-hmm. the deck forever. Yeah. There's also yeah. no like actual combat. There's no like actual like fighting it's so confusing because it's like okay yeah. you get your own deck of cards yeah. but that own deck of cards is what hurts you yeah and it's very limited on what you can do with that own deck of cards you mm-hmm. draw two you play mm-hmm. one so it's like i had to wrap my brain around okay i can't attack i'm just fading and it's very mm-hmm. abstracted version of mm-hmm. slowing them down okay i get it now i kind of get that mm-hmm. i kind of get that mm-hmm. you're throwing these heroes into their story and i think that's cool it's beautiful i love the design so much it's just like not um it's definitely not a trading card game. <laughs> yes, yes. I guess also Marvel Villainous is more of like an attacking specific person because now sure, you're revealing yeah. one card and mm-hmm. be like, and then choosing. now we're going to put it on you or yeah. this person if right. there's multiple people. Right, right. I, yes. I, I, I do have to say I, I thought it was funny um, when they announced Star Wars Villainous. Mm-hmm. They they said um, we don't use the K word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't use kill. Hey, it's the K word. Jim. Yeah, that's what I said. It's the K kill. word. <laughs> I said the word. Um, I don't know if it was in multiple articles or it was just one, but when I read that, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's true. They don't. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, never. It's always uh, defeat, yeah, defeat, vanquish, yeah. 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 extermination. Yeah. <laughs> that, Tire them out. <laughs> that, just, that just sounds bad, Jim. That just oh right, bad. okay, yeah. My yeah. Bad. yeah. So, um, um, so I, I, I think the last thing I'll say about Villainous is, you know, it, it's a game that um, I enjoy for for one reason, right? And um, 
and this kind of ties into another topic that I will probably have the discussion at another time. But um, like I enjoy it for one reason, but then I see these other people, they enjoy it for a completely different reason. Right. That's that's great because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. they enjoy the same game that I enjoy. I don't want to take away f- from them having the fun that they're having because they're having it in a different way. Yeah. So like that's that is great. That's cool. And anytime a game can branch off into multiple different directions and really touch so many different groups and segments of people then I think they've won. Like at the end of the day, I think, I think, 100%. The, I think the designers have done, a, ha, did their job really <laughs> like, right. Even, even, even acknowledging that maybe the game wasn't made for me. If the game wasn't made for me and I can still have fun with it, dude, I think everybody wins in that scenario. Yeah. So yeah, it was made for a different aspect of you. Yeah. Maybe this is, you know, more mm-hmm. casual Dan mm-hmm. coming into activation mode, you right. know, right. I don't know. <laughs> well, Who knows? And, Maybe you, you just know, didn't know. And, and I said this to Jim, but both multiple times, but before we started doing, um, hobbies and happiness, like I, and you can even talk to my wife and other family members. They'll, they'll attest to this as well. I, anytime I'd sit down for a game, there would be times people didn't want to play because <laughs> I would be so competitive and I would, <laughs> I would take the fun out of the game for other people. And that was to my own detriment. That was all my fault. Like I'll, I'll admit that right. up front. Um, but this is, I think villainous kind of has helped in just mm-hmm. chilling me out a little bit and say, relax, have fun, be casual and just enjoy, enjoy the time, enjoy the time around the table with the group that you're, that you're spending the time with. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. So for that, I think um, it's, it's, it's been, it's been great. It's, even when I'm not having fun in the specific game, it has really helped always enjoy and have a good time around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so what kind of player are you? Like you, you, you've spoken to kind of both sides of you. Like, are you, do you tend to be more casual? Do you tend to be more competitive or does it depend on the game? Uh, it depends on the game, but I, I will say that I'm usually the type to become like very obsessed with a game and try to master it. Like I'm not the type to just play like dozens and dozens of games, even though I know you see a lot of games behind me, but I'm not like the, t- <laughs> this is a really bad example, yeah. but I'm not, <laughs> don't, yeah, look at, don't look, do not look, there's nothing there's back here. Dozens okay? of dozens of games inside of one specific game. Yeah. Right. He's not playing right. like a thousand games of tapestry. Yeah. He's not playing <laughs> thousand games on right. Prince John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's exactly it. So I would say I would say that my my brain usually because like Lord of the Board, you know, it is very much like what I like to do with games. I like to break them down mechanically, figure out how they work and how to abuse the mechanics in order to win. That sounds wrong. But, you know, I want to basically learn those mechanics and master those. And if I can figure that out, even if I'm not good at doing those and executing those, I like to learn how that works and share that information. And so I like repeating playing a game over and over and over again. And some games I have just come to terms. I am not good at those games and that's fine. So I'm not like so competitive and so like that, that like I will just get frustrated at the game. I just understand I'm not good at it. My brain doesn't work that way. My Mm -hmm. wife beats me at way more games than I beat her at. Like, man, Rue is one of the few ones, but like she is so much smarter than me. (laughs) She could just find the puzzles. Like we just played this like twice and you're already like doing crazy things and you're like, 
a, quite a bit higher than me in my score. I'm like, what are you doing? And so I try to, I try to like interview her and figure out what, where was her brain going with that? So I think I'm just like a learner and a researcher and I really enjoy learning how games work at the end of the day. And I do use that in a competitive way to beat my opponents and, and demolish them on the, fleet, on the field. If I can, if I can. Yeah, yeah you're more like Batman. <laughs> but I'm not Batman. disappointed. You know, you're more like Batman. You just need that time and research, yes. and then you're just going to be able to beat anyone. Yes. Beat me a thousand times, and I'll beat you once. <laughs> Smash but Brothers. At- Smash Brothers is a great example of this. I don't know if you guys play Smash Brothers yeah. at all, oh, but yeah. I play a lot of competitive Smash Brothers. Really? That is one of the games that's like, dude, you have to like, you're learning a character. Okay. Competitive. I mean, as much competitive as I can be, Mm -hmm. I have a really, really good GPS score on, um, smash ultimate right now. So I'm doing pretty, pretty, pretty well, pretty well. Um, but like, that's the game where like you're playing with your friends, you know, and you have to learn sometimes it's better not to just demolish them if you can, you know, sometimes a game's environment can be just a play for fun and maybe you should do that. Right. It's a good lesson. Especially if the person is learning the game, smash is a completely different monster than like any other fighting game out there. You compare it to mortal Kombat, Mm -hmm. It's nothing like it at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially when, when it's someone new, they're like, how am I supposed to do that one move you did? And you're like, well, you <laughs> you hurry up and tap the jump button and then you use yeah. neutral, but then you're also tilting in a downward <laughs> yeah. slope. Yes. So that way you can angle it towards the edge. But they're like, what? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. They're like, you know, I'm going to play Little Mac and just punch you just haymaker (laughs) all day right just haymaker (laughs) and then that's so sad because when you're little back and you fall off the map you're like wait i can't actually make it back like what's terrible little back is so bad at making it back on that map oh my word fighting games are are they're like are are a whole other monster because Mm -hmm. i mean i remember i used to play a a lot of uh, injustice yeah that like that oh. was my that was my fighting game and justice and mortal combat too yeah um, oh that's that's the other thing about it is you don't you don't have like a hundred percent health bar once you get to zero you yeah. lose yeah and smash you have to get ring out yep yep mm-hmm. yep you have to get smacked off the map yeah yep. I like it because it's like a it's so much more like a platformer and I really like platforming mm-hmm. games like mm-hmm. the original Mario Bros mm-hmm. and all that so yeah. kind of gives me those vibes when I'm trying to get back on the map and all that mm-hmm. it's so fun mm-hmm. ah good times. So, um, so what, like what, what, since, since joining the content creator tabletop community, we'll say, um, <laughs> what's, what's like, what is one of the things that you've learned the most, um, in your almost three year content creation journey now? Oh, do not listen to the haters, my friends. That is, uh, that is the biggest thing I can say. Cause like even, even starting off with, if you're coming in and doing strategy tips, it's kind of a really, it's a really bold position to jump in on because everybody's assuming that you are saying that you're better than them at said thing, (laughs) essentially. Like that's essentially the assumption that they're coming into the video. Oh, this person is good. Therefore, I am not good. And I am coming here to learn from this person who is better at the game than me. And that mindset going into my videos often comes with comments like, 
wow, I came in to hear a strategy guide, and but instead I actually knew everything you said, and really, you're actually playing this character totally wrong. It's like, oh, really? Thanks for letting me know. It's like, oh my gosh. So uh, I had to get used to not paying any attention to those kinds of comments because it's like and it's so funny because like i used to actually get like super heated about this stuff like legit angry because i would be like really like that's what you get out of this video like i'm trying to provide (laughs) even if you did know all of that information that i stated why smack me down in the process isn't this Mm going to be helpful for somebody else you know Mm -hmm. and a lot of my videos have like a tagged beginner tips if i if they are beginner tips you know like and people just don't pay that any attention they'll be like (laughs) this would never work in a competitive setting it's like okay all right man so at the end of the day though i think what i've learned is you just got to do what you are good at doing and keep doing that thing and always treat those hatred comments with kindness because you can get a lot of converts. There's a couple ways you can go about it. One, you could just delete the comment. That's super easy to do. And it feels so good to have that power. They're like, they'll never know, you know, like just delete it. Boom. Uh, you have that power on YouTube, which is a great tool, but also what I like doing now even more is just being like, wow, those are really great thoughts. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, they're like, I'm better than you. I have all the strategy tips. Your video sucks. What you said was wrong. And my response is, thank you for sharing. Or, wow, never thought of that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, like, I'll get these random random responses to those types of comments later though, like months after a year, a year and a half (laughs) as a reply. And they'll just be like, Hey, I just wanted to apologize for that comment. I was going through a hard time and I just sent that. Like you honestly seem like a nice person and it's like, Whoa, dude, like honestly just treat people with kindness because you have no idea what people are going through. And those (laughs) annoying comments that you're getting, it might've just been a bad mood that they were in. And you know, yeah, just, just try to kill them with kindness. Mm -hmm. You know, you could never say it enough. So that's what my whole thing has been. And I have been much happier because of it. Also do not follow the views. Do not follow any of that stuff because it will disappoint you. Always use goals that are actually achievable. So instead of saying something like, Hey, here's my goal. By the end of this month, I'm going to get 1000 subscribers and you're going month by month by month, not getting like three subscribers. It it actually kills you. Like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff will kill a content creator. That's what creates burnout. Instead, why don't you make goals that you can achieve goals? Like how about I get two videos out this week? I could get three videos out this week. Every single content creator needs to get out at least a hundred videos before they even feel confident in front of this camera. Like you just need to get out videos. It doesn't matter. So as long, and that's something that you can control. I can defeat that. Like I can make that goal Mm -hmm. and I can complete that goal. I cannot complete and control people to subscribe to my channel. (laughs) People will just watch and not Mm -hmm. subscribe. Subscribe to viewer ratios are terrible. It it hurts and they just don't work. So Yeah. So, you know, I think those are the two things that I'd probably say. Kill okay. everyone with kindness and make achievable goals. Okay. Yeah. Um, one, one of one of my big pushes and mantras is, uh, you know, always, uh, always do your best to treat everyone with kindness and empathy, even when it's hard. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, I'm a big, you know, it's, it's part of my faith. It's also like um, uh, Gary Vee. I'm a big, big Gary Vee fan. And it's, it's, oh, nice. it's, it's very interesting li- listening to somebody as successful as Gary Vaynerchuk has been and is in business. And he can, 
continually and constantly preaches empathy and kindness. And I'm yeah. like, I, I really love that you have someone so very popular in a position like he is and just tells everyone to be empathetic and be kind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's great. Um, and honestly, you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You feel better at the end of the day when, when you yes. treat someone else with kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel really good even when it's the hard thing to do, but you still do it. Um, you feel mm-hmm. conversations going the wrong way, but you just you do your best to be kind. And then you see that that person that you're talking to, they are they in turn are kind back to you. And it's it's a, it's a really good feeling um, mm. at the end of the it day. Really at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. But when it feels good, you know, that's that's just a really uh, that really, really gives you that sense of gratification. Mm. So um, so. Um, you know, we, we've, we've, we've kind of touched on, you know, you've kind of touched on, you know, the haters and kind of things that you don't like. What's like, what's been your favorite thing about the tabletop community? Oh man, easily the people <laughs> so far. Um, and it's really interesting because like I found myself, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. There's, there's a couple different communities. There's like three different, like three different communities. Cause I feel like, uh, I'm not trying to sound like, um, uh, like I'm not full of myself, mm-hmm. but I like, I have like my community, which is like the comment section on like my stuff. Mm-hmm. Anybody, a part of the discord, I would consider a part of like my community, like mine, mine and Tim's community as well. But like, right. you know what I mean? Yep. So there's that community that I've like grown to love and cherish. And then there is the different communities that I have like engaged in, especially like the root community, the villainous community, because mm-hmm. obviously I made videos for them and mm-hmm. they, they just, you know, it's a good community to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other content creators. That's a whole other community mm-hmm. that has just been amazing. And I think that throughout it all, those relationships are something that I would never have had if I hadn't have started and jumped in here. And those are just like, I I just recently went to Dice Tower West. Yes. And oh man, it was, it was like, it was humbling because there would be people that would recognize me. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, dude, you've been watching my videos for years. That's crazy. Like what? (laughs) That's amazing. Like it made me almost want to cry. And like that, that type of stuff is so humbling to me. And then also, um, meeting other content creators and Mm -hmm. like, wow, like we have a similar thing. Like we've been talking for like two and a half years, meeting, meeting Tim, for example, it was like, I was meeting my best friend that Mm -hmm. I had just never talked with in person, Mm -hmm. but we already had so much in common. Mm -hmm. We already had so many things that we had known. And so just meeting in person was like, I'm re-meeting an old friend. Mm -hmm. Those relationships, man, it's, it's amazing. Like the board game community at the end of the day is just so incredible, even with difference in background, uh, anything that we're, you know, like our politics, our religion, anything, uh, the board games is like, what can bring so many different types of people together. And that Mm -hmm. is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking through a bunch of pictures from dice tower west i'm like man seeing all those people there looks like they had a really great time um little little, oh. little jealous but uh yeah it, look, it looked like a lot of fun well, it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah i was i was i was so blessed to be able to go oh no, yeah I for was sure like, i was stoked yeah so um the the last thing i kind of want to ask you um and you know i've i've i think i think i was I threw this question out in your discord a, a little bit ago um but you know as we, we said before, like we're, we're definitely, we view ourselves as card game players, right? And that's kind of what we're building hobbies and happiness around is more so we're, we're card game players and that's really what we enjoy. Now, mm-hmm. I, when someone says they're a card game player, I, I feel like you, you've got three different types of groups 
right. the people who are correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's those who don't play Magic, Pokemon, or Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so you've got you've got your card game players, and then you have and then you have board game players, or just board games, right? Um, and then the other one was, I think I just said role playing games, basically. Yeah, yeah you um, can say that. Or minis. Yeah, as well. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so, like, Villainous is is a game that is a card game, but it's also a board game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, I enjoy having this discussion because I think the only reason I think it's important is more so from, like, if I were to give a recommendation to somebody of, uh, of a game that they would enjoy. Like, for me, if there's a game that says the card game, I'm probably going to like it. Like, there's a couple of mm. games like The Lord of the Rings, the card game, Arkham mm. Horror, the card game. We love those games. They're so much fun. And there's plenty of also Lord of the Rings board games that are completely different games, right? And so right. I, I think I think it's important – and again, important. It's not really important, right, if, if we're talking about, like, what's actually important. Um, it's, it's useful. Uh, I think it's useful more so in, like – labeling uh what kind of what, what a game is just from the standpoint of this will probably if if you like this type of game then you're probably gonna like this like if you're if you play magic and like all you enjoy are those competitive uh card games then i don't know if you're gonna you're probably not gonna like villainous right <laughs> right, right right um so and and i've also found that i i feel like there there you have card game players who there's, I feel like a lot of card game players in play board games and enjoy board games, but I, I haven't seen the opposite. I haven't seen a lot of board game players who enjoy playing the card games as much. A lot um, of it tends to be for like money reasons. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm. I think I'm seeing. Yeah. But I'm. I'm because I'm always. We talked about like um, fun is subjective, and but also under. I want to understand like what what someone else likes. Yeah. So that way, if they ask me, I actually, I had somebody ask me uh, my recommendations for, for some games that they would enjoy uh, the other day. And so I think it's helpful in, I need to understand why someone likes what they do or why they wouldn't like what they do. So like, is, is, have you noticed, or am I, am I noticing something else? Like do, <laughs> do board game, do board gamers like stay in their lane? Do they mostly enjoy playing board games and not venture off into other card games or, um, what have you noticed? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say it's, <sighs> that's a really tough I know, question. I know. <laughs> like there's, there's some really popular, um, like, like for example, Becca Scott, the one that I was that just a huge example of uh, geek and sundry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was doing game the game. Now she has her own thing, uh, which is called um, uh, Good Time Society. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was one, actually one of my hugest inspirations for actually starting a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot of Magic the Gathering, but also a lot of role playing games, but mm-hmm. also a lot of board games. Right. She is right. like a complete omni gamer. She she does all of those. And mm-hmm. She does them all really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really hard to like say like, oh, this person, they just like board games. I, I've seen a really wide range because I feel like like there's a lot of people that come from card games and then have or have come from a background of card games. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I used to play card games yeah. because I feel like card games were very, very popular when we were like in our teenage years as well. Like like Pokemon was like a very early 
huge thing for me from Pokemon mm-hmm. to Yu-Gi-Oh to magic, you know, like all these types of things. But then I ended up discovering other things. And so now that's kind of like a past thing. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? I oh, feel yeah. like for a lot for of sure. people, trading card games were a past thing. And that's what you're kind of seeing is that now mm-hmm. they're into board games, but they used to play card games. The people that are still playing card games, though, like my brother's a really good example. So he actually loves card games so much and board games as well and Warhammer. So he's kind of like in those three communities. My so. man. Yep. What was yep. that? I said, my man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, recent, yeah. That, I that recently got into Warhammer. Yeah. So yep. yes, yep. yes. There you go. So that is literally him. I'm like, I'm like video games, board mm-hmm. games. And then. Yeah. My man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just do everything. Yeah, right. If it has game in it yeah. somewhere, yep. I'm yep. doing right. it. Yep. Right, yep. right. Dude, uh, Hearthstone was actually a huge thing for me because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. video game, trading card game. Yep. All right. Yep. My new yep. obsession. I yep. got to legendary in that game. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yep. That game was amazingly fun for me. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, like we all have these things that we just like and I feel like there's so many different avenues to mm-hmm. go in now too. Like yeah. people have some weird types of board games that I'm like, mm-hmm. I would, would never play that type of board game. <laughs> yeah. But I understand yeah. that you like that type of board right. game, you know? Right. And I still haven't even dabbled like fully into RPGs. Like the only reason why I bought an RPG was because of root made an RPG. And so now oh, I yeah. have like root, mm-hmm. the RPG right yeah. over here, mm-hmm. never played it. Totally <laughs> going to play this one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I think I'm, I'm willing, I'm pretty willing and open. So to answer your question, which was like, totally totally terrible answer to that i would say that people are more varied in what they like than you probably would think yeah but it's just that you have to dig in and find it out because Mm -hmm. they have something in their past even if they don't have it now they probably played card games at one point they're Mm -hmm. definitely dabbling in video games like Mm -hmm. we're all just nerds i mean right 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 Right. they probably love movies too you should ask about some good movies (laughs) yeah i mean i'm like a movie obsessive that'd probably be my third thing it would probably be video games board games and movies so yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, for, for us, you know, we're, we're kind of gearing hobbies and happiness more so around a lot of card games because that, that's, that's just, awesome. that's our love and that's what yeah. we really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, pretty it's, much my entire life. Has yeah. Been yeah. Card games, yeah. So. And, and that's what I, what awesome. I, what I don't like is like, I don't want to, if I, if, if I say card games, I don't want to like scare somebody off by like, yeah. Oh, you card games. Oh no, 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 no. Well, it's like, well, well, hang like, like, Let's get to know you. Like, let's get to know what. <laughs> let's get to know what you like, and then maybe there's something here. Because even you say card games, there's so many different kinds yeah. of card games. Um, so it's, many. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yeah, it's I'm I'm always asking the question why, and then like I'm always mm. I'm always seeking to understand, and so it's I'm I'm always on that. It's it's like a lifelong journey that like we're always we're always learning in the process, and then mm. learning, and then understanding, and then it's all cyclical. It's yeah, it, yeah it's pretty crazy. It's so. it's oh, also. So you guys like are a card game channel, so you guys play Uno, right? Yeah. Is that is this the wrong is this the wrong channel here? Okay, competitive actually, Uno. Actually, I, I just played Paw Patrol Uno with my kids the other day. They lo- they loved it. They love Paw Patrol. I was uh, I was gonna say as well. Like I I also know like an older generation. If they're like, oh, let's play cards, I'm like, all right, this means poker. Yeah. This means. Uh, <laughs> Blackjack, uh, this means cribbage. spades, this yep, means cribbage. whatever yep. it is. Yep. And I'm also like, all right, I, I'll i enjoy these games, especially if it's spades. There's a lot more strategy going in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, they're like, all right, uh, shuffle up. I'm like, 
ah, these cards don't have sleeves. This feels weird. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, I thought you played cards. I'm like, yeah, I do. Let me sleeve these up real quick. These are standard size. All right, perfect. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I completely get you there. Yeah, I'm like, I I deal out cards pretty quickly, which is fine. But yeah, yeah, the shuffling thing, they're like, you you don't know how to bridge those together. I'm like... That's not how I shuffle, guys. Come on. <laughs> right. Right. I, I'm over here like power shuffling in different groups really yep. quickly. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So Sam, that was I, I think I don't think I've had this much fun in, in, in a while. So uh thank you for that. Um but Sam, where uh where can people find you on the on the interwebs? You can find me in a lot of different places, but YouTube is like my main squeeze, you know, like come to the YouTube scene. I mean, squeeze. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're leaving that that in there. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where that one came from. Um, Come come visit the YouTube channel. I'm telling your Um, wife. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. All right, I'm gonna head out. I think we're we. All right, we that's it. We I love it. That's <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's like the main thing. And then if you want to hear, like, um, yeah, actually, I should probably start promoting it more. So, so YouTube strategy content. That's where that's at. Instagram. It's like very like if I do take pictures, that's where it will be. Will be on Instagram. The best pictures will be there. But I'm not like consistent on there or anything. Um, Twitter, if you want to know what's going on with my life, what my thoughts are on random games, sometimes I randomly like review stuff on there or I'll ask questions, do polls. Twitter is actually the place that you can find me. And that's that's a good place to go if you want to like know what's going on. I've been having so many people like where are the bigger and badder strategy videos, where are the bigger and badder videos, where did they go? Why haven't I seen them? Why are they not out? Why weren't they out at release? It's like, guys, I've answered this question so many times. On my Twitter, on the community tab on YouTube, in my Discord, on my Instagram story, on my Facebook page. And yet you somehow missed every single one of them. It's like, so follow me everywhere. And then you will always know all the news on what's going on. But yeah, I have a link tree. So just find that. Perfect. And we will be sure to link all of uh, all of Sam's socials in the That'd be awesome. in the descriptions of uh, wherever you're yeah. listening or watching this. So with that being said, Sam... Thanks a lot for being here. We had a lot of fun, and we will be sure to have you on in the future, sir. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. All right. See you later. Um, dude, I haven't had – I've not had that wow. much fun in a long time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, like through that conversation, I'm like, okay, video games, RTS, yeah, Disney, villain – I mean, just – my man. So yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was a fantastic conversation. Yeah. Um, I I already can't wait to have him on again. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Sam, thanks again. Thank you so much. That was such a great conversation. Um, it's always nice getting to chat with other content creators. Um, and really any anybody else in in the tabletop space. So, mm-hmm. um, great conversation, Sam. Thank you so much. All right, and with that, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the card of the week. Card of the week number Yay. three. Card of the week number three. Last week, we, we talked about Nth Metal, which Jim thought was Heat Vision, but that's yeah. okay. 
That's okay. Both um, great cards. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and if you caught us on stream the other day, you saw both of them in action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a baller, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you I'm are. I'm a baller. What can I say? So today, today we're uh, we're bringing it back to another awesome card game, Pokemon the card yes. game. Um, speaking of Pokemon, got more cards over there. We're in the process <laughs> of building a few decks. Can't yeah. wait. I love this game. I can't game. wait to play that live on stream. Yes. Um, but... So we're pro- we're going to talk about probably the most popular card in the history of Pokemon the card game. That's Charizard, and it's not just any Charizard. It's guys. the it is first the... edition Shadowless base set Charizard. Mm-hmm. So um, we're I'll, I'll go ahead and read the card for you. So Charizard is a fire Pokemon, 120 HP. His Pokemon power says energy burn as often as you like during your turn before you attack. You may turn all energy attached to, to Charizard into fire energy for the rest of the turn. This power can't be used if Charizard is asleep, confused, or paralyzed. And then he has a an attack, which is fire spin. It is four energy, four fire energy, and says discard two energy cards attached to, to Charizard in order to use this attack for 100 damage. Honestly, I mean, his card's okay. It's not that great of a card. <laughs> when we do think about what it was back then, yeah. this was yeah. one-shotting a lot of yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That is true. The meta back then was, it was like Electabuzz, Hitmonchan's mm-hmm. as well. I believe Scyther was on the list as well mm-hmm. uh, because they had low energy requirements to be dealing a good amount of damage. Yeah. But if you were able to set the Charizard up, they were all under 100 HP. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and with Pokemon, like that's one of the big things you're looking for, especially now is mm-hmm. you, you want a one, one, one hit KO or two, or, yeah, two hit one, KO one or two is, hit is KO very standard. Use these Pokemon. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's the big thing you want to look for. So, um, like he was good, but it's not, it's not like he was an amazing Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, like e- even now, like the, the reason Charizard is so popular is not because it's, it's an amazing card. It's mostly because he is the most popular Pokemon. Like in the pretty much in the history of the game, yeah. Charizard is like the face of Pokemon. I mean, technically Pikachu is the yeah, te- face. Right, right, but... right. right. I, unofficial face. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. like like yeah. we can say unofficial face, I mm-hmm. feel like. Um so um so Charizard, um if if you follow like if you follow like the news kind of at all, um there's Last year, last year, one there there was a po- a Charizard that was auctioned off for about three hundred and ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, it was a gem. It was a ten mint, a, a PSA ten gem mint, gem mint. Okay, for three hundred and eleven thousand. Okay, yeah. now earlier this month, there was a Charizard that sold for even more. I think this is the most expensive Pokemon card ever so. sold. For $336,000 at Heritage Auction. So, uh, I, real quick. I believe. I don't know if this was or mm-hmm. if Pokemon Illustrator was. There's only six of those in the world. Oh, that's right. Um, that is right. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if there's like a PSA 10. Yeah, that's... I don't, I don't think... Regardless, card of the week is still Charizard. Yeah. Uh, very expensive card. Um, also... 
the uh, Pokemon Illustrator was not from an actual set. You had mm-hmm. to write in like an article or submit a picture mm-hmm. like a bunch of years ago, yeah. and then they would mail out um, winners of the contest the Pokemon Illustrator card, mm-hmm. and that's how you got that. Yeah. So Charizard himself was just from the original base set. Mm-hmm. Or this specific one. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I want. I also want to point out. It is. It's interesting to know that if if you look at the history of the Charizard cards, okay, mm-hmm. the base set cards, they're not all created equal. No, they're not. Um, even with the first edition, I believe. Is it there's two there's like you have the limit the first edition and then you have the unlimited edition yeah, yeah, I believe right yeah. and there there's kind of one big thing with the base set that kind of gives them away other than that first edition stamp mm-hmm. it's the shadow mm-hmm. okay so with I th- I believe with that first edition um, they are the shadowless yeah. I believe, um, and then I believe after that they started they started putting the drop shadows mm-hmm. on the on the Pokemon cards. There was also a thing with the packs as well that um, it had a black triangle in the bottom right, I believe, corner mm-hmm. of the pack itself. Okay, which then if you were able to find that pack, it's also already instantly more rare than just a normal pack as mm-hmm. well. So now if you're if you're able to prove that you now have this pack mm-hmm. along with the Charizard that is being pulled from it, mm-hmm. it's even far more valuable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and and there was actually a video of uh of a Pokemon YouTuber opening up packs and he opens up an original base set of of Pokemon mm-hmm. and he's cracking a few packs he didn't even notice every pack in there had a black triangle really and he's like oh my god i'm just ripping these open like like it they're nothing yeah yeah <laughs> and even if you have just the pack itself or the wrapper itself it's still worth something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now Pokemon received a a quite a, quite a bit of quite an amount of attention uh, last year, I believe. Um, uh, yeah. Due yeah. due to a pretty popular uh, YouTuber, <laughs> Logan Paul. Um, so what I think happened is I believe he spent like two million dollars on a first edition box. Um, yeah, I forget. One box, or it might have been one box or a couple boxes. I'm not. I I've got the article right here, um, but I th- I thought I thought the article said like one first edition box. Oh, all right. So if it was that, I think it was longer than a year ago because last year he fought May Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, and that's when he had the PSA 10 Charizard mm-hmm. hanging around his neck. Mm-hmm. But before then, I want to say it was two or three years ago mm-hmm. is when he bought the box from. Some guy who's very controversial inside the Pokemon YouTube community. Um, he's had a lot of uh, hiccups, is what we'll say. <laughs> he had a lot of hiccups, and um, is th- is that is that what happened? Huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. And then that was that's I was not aware of that. So one. so he Logan Paul, I believe it was. He even mm-hmm. brought a few other people. One other guy who is is a very legitimate uh, Pokemon person on YouTube, and. And the guy who brought the he bought the box from he was even saying like from the start oh um, if there's anything wrong with the box I still have the contact info of the original owner mm-hmm. um, if there's anything wrong he said he'd be able to get our money back blah mm-hmm. blah blah and then he was even like giving hints 
showing how you could tell if a if a box has been tampered with. Mm. So understood. understood. So kind of just like clearing the air understood. right from the get go. Understood. understood. But it it basically thanks thanks no thanks depending upon your uh, your viewpoint here. Yeah. Um, it's because of Logan Paul that there was a pretty big surge in the popularity of, yeah. of Pokemon. Yeah. Um, not just the IP, but the trading card game yeah. um, in, in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that, that was, that was a big boost for, for the game. Um, mm-hmm. Again, de- depending upon your frame of reference, you know, could, could, could shade how you think of it. Um, but regardless, regardless of what your opinion is, there were shortages and it was it was difficult to pick up products because of Logan Paul. Yeah. Um so oh, I, yeah, yeah I, I remember when that happened. I mean nearly all the stores, Walmart, Target, uh whatever else, it was just like max of two per person. Yeah. There were videos of people like mm-hmm. getting trampled. Yep. Right, there were people fighting for Pokemon cards at Target. Mm-hmm. It was absurd. And I, th- I think our local Target still has that sign up. Yeah, it does. I, I think they it still does, yeah. say you can only get you know two boxes mm-hmm. or, or whatever, two things of product. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those effects are still being felt today. Yeah. Uh, so that is our third card of the <laughs> week, uh, Charizard. Uh, what What'd you think? Uh, any Pokemon players in the house? Um, yeah, right here. <laughs> <laughs> right here um and we're gonna be playing that on the channel uh at some point for sure yeah. um but yeah pokemon is fantastic charizard probably the best pokemon one of the best pokemon um like how most popular he's a lot of fun yeah probably yeah he, he probably is right. so um all right that was a fantastic show great episode mm. today uh jim where can people find you on the interwebs yeah you guys can find me on twitter twitch instagram at jim morgan hnh you can find me on twitter at underscore dj campbell and on instagram at daniel.g.campbell and then you can head over to our website www.hobbiesandhappiness.com and then you can find links to all of our socials there so with that thanks everybody for being here we hope you enjoyed this episode And with that, we will catch you in the next episode. See everybody. Take care.